0: One thing that he told me was something nobody's ever told me. He said, stop showing signs of weakness. Mm-hmm. Don't bite your fingernails, don't chew your lip, don't be with your rope, yep. just no signs of weakness. And when you miss, pick your stick your chest out and act like you're the baddest selling gun there. This is Chelsea Schaefer and this is
1: season
2: four of the score. You all have listened to this podcast three quarters of a million times, and we are here in Season 4 to bring you even more of what you love. We just wrapped up Day 6 at the Cinch USTRC National Finals of Team Roping in Fort Worth, Texas. And I... Uh obviously hopefully you guys know it's Caitlin Gustav. I've been talking to you all week <laughs> on this podcast. I'm sitting down with the one and the only, Fan <laughs> Hey, What's up the
1: crowd everybody? Goes wild. One more day. One more day. <laughs> we just finished a big day, Caitlin.
2: Oh my gosh, a big day.
1: Yes. What happened uh, today? Well, we had the 8-5 Legends that kicked the day off as like a little bit of a warm-up rope to get everything going. Mm -hmm. Um, This one was age cap, a four-steer average. Uh, It was won by Greg Mahaney and Mm -hmm. Brick Roberts as a Missouri-Texas team. Uh, Split 21,000. Brick Roberts also won fifth, so he Mm -hmm. split 7,000 with... Jose Quelar, so Brick Roberts out of Odessa, Texas had a big day. Um, Ronnie Hill and Luke Brown. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Luke Brown. The Luke Brown's daddy the right Luke here. Brown's yes, daddy. the original out of Lipan, Texas. They were 46 and 31 on four and split 14,500. Uh in the legends as well, Kim McCracken and James Masters out of West Texas. Their Stratford Wheeler, Texas team, 11,500 and they were 46 and 98. So. Great day of rope. Easy money. Easy money. I mean twenty one thousand, forty and sixty eight to win twenty one thousand dollars in eight five. Not, an bad. 85? Not bad. that's what recreational team roping's all about.
2: I love it. And I gotta be cheesy right now, but I keep singing it in my head. You know, brick house.
1: Yeah, it's you a can't
2: brick house.
1: <laughs> it brick. was brick's house. He was throwing rocks. Oh my I gosh. Mean, he was making it, yeah. <laughs> dropping bombs. He uh that guy roped outstanding today. He roped yeah. eight stairs in a row and, and Deserved it. You yeah, got to reap the rewards of it. So it's it's awesome. That's what it's, it's all about. It's awesome.
2: No, great great things happen to wonderful people, and I love watching team roping. It's anyone's ball game.
1: Oh, we've had plenty of team roping to watch. We had Let's a thousand teams in that next division. The 95 truck
2: truck roping,
1: the Ram truck roping, and it was limited. Yeah, to a thousand teams. We could. There's no telling how many oh, teams we could have had.
2: Probably like. Two thousand.
1: But you know what? I think that's a great idea. It's Mm -hmm. the finals. Mm -hmm. You know what your business is. There's no need to drag your feet. If you want to rope, let's rope. Let's get onto it. And uh, so it was great watching um, the facilities right here in Fort Worth. They handled it with a breeze. We used three arenas. Mm We used three arenas all week long. Um, I was hearing Drew Stewart say that they were timing a run to see from start to finish, from Mm -hmm. Arena 1 to the Pavilion to the Will Rogers and back, and it was like nine and a half a little over nine and a half minutes long to mm-hmm. make that circle yeah um, we've ran over 5100 teams already yeah um, it's it's nine almost 930 right now mm-hmm. we've been done for almost an hour yeah um, we ran 1200 teams today um, awesome staff mm-hmm. as well um, Tayos the gentries they have put an excellent crew together mm-hmm. um, a crew that everybody's starting to they may have not known each other starting yep. the, at off but they've gelled and they've dovetailed and have created a great roper experience the ropers out and about have had um a great time mm-hmm. i'm always out there and everybody wants to talk and mm-hmm. um most of the greetings I've had have just all been smiles, mm-hmm. and just people and families just having fun,
2: enjoying it. I know, I walking out, you know, in the parking lot and in between arenas. I don't, I mean, unless people miss or have a bad go, those are the only times you see someone kind of mad. Yeah. Other than that, kids are running around, you know, golf carts are going. Everyone's having a good time.
1: Yeah, they had a big uh, junior looper open mm-hmm. today. Oh too, my gosh! I heard. Yeah, we yeah. cannot
2: forget about that.
1: Yeah, I'll, and you know, those are. Something for the kids, the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kids are absolutely impressive.
2: Oh my gosh, I could. Did one of them really beat Drew
1: Stewart? Yes. Wow. Yeah. From how far back did you guys measure mm-hmm. it? Really far.
2: It was far. Yeah. yeah wow. You can hear Audra Drenchy in the back. She was over there interviewing all the little kiddos. So uh, check out US Facebook page for that special video clip with the with the junior loopers. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was far back, and this little kid that won the it was the twelve and under, I believe.
1: Got to Smoked match. Smoked Drew Stew. Wow, how mm-hmm. impressive. That, yeah. Rounds.
2: Yep, second round. Got him out in the second round. Kid has
1: the killer instincts. Oh, yeah. Like. Well, that's exciting.
2: He wasn't scared. He said, I asked him before, I said, Are you nervous? Like, how confident. He goes, 100 out of 100% confident right now that he's going to beat Drew Stew. It's like, Okay. More power to wow, you, buddy. Watch that kid. Yeah, he's coming for you guys. <laughs> World champ in the future. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. Started right here.
2: <laughs> Start right here at the USGRC finals. Yeah,
1: water arena, right? Oh there yeah, Fort Worth, yeah. And uh, and you know we've got great sponsors as well. Um, Hill-o-matic. Mm-hmm. Uh those guys. I see them everywhere I go, and it's pretty much the same guys. They've got a passion for for what they do. Um, they, um, they're there to help. You always see them hanging out with the kids.
2: Excuse my, uh, my puppy. I have a brand new puppy, you guys. So he uh, he's not used to the corporate world and the podcasting, you know, be quiet in the background type of stuff. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway yeah,
1: no, it's, uh, but it's been great. We ended the day with the 9-5 Ram Truck, another great sponsor of mm-hmm. Ram Trucks, Ram Rodeo. Gave away a beautifully wrapped um, four-door uh, Dodge Ram, mm-hmm. uh, dually, diesel with all the toys and things that you'd want to drive often a lot with. You'd pick yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, and had a thousand teams in that, limited that again. Um, the short round was absolutely amazing. We brought 50 great. back, so many storylines. There's a kid out of Seminole, Texas, Cel Reza. Uh, he roped outstanding. I actually thought in my mind he'd be the one to win it. Mm-hmm. But then a kid from Kansas named Simeon Nunnelly, he showed up, and he started making some racket. And then out of the blue was this lady named Shanice oh, Kaufman.
2: my gosh.
1: And she had two callbacks. Mm-hmm. And the first one, right out of the bat, she hit him in the mouth. Yeah. She was able to grab a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And she comes back later in one of the top five callbacks And her and her partner, I mean, it's a big thing. She does her part, but she got to count on this guy behind her. He misses, and there's no point. She Mm -hmm. catches, and there's still no glory if there's no time. And um, she came back, and she won that truck. Yeah. And she was so ecstatic, and that's what it's all about. We couldn't pick the winner, and that's the point of the whole deal. And that's people in the stands, they stayed just to watch that, and that's what's so important. Mm -hmm. If you can pick the winner, this isn't any fun.
2: No, exactly. I didn't
1: think she did it. There's no way. I thought that radius was kids. Yeah, there was a few.
2: I, that's a, she. I know we we talked to her. Um, you guys, she's gonna be on this podcast tomorrow. Uh, for day seven, she's gonna be on the podcast. But um, you know, we talked to her and she talked about she wasn't even her horse was tied up. She was walking around. She didn't think she had no we idea.
1: No, she had no idea. Just feeling feeling the air. And yeah, she was it. Um. There was one kid out of Sawyer, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Bryden Walker. Mm hmm. Oh my God. And this guy, I, I remember earlier in the day, I was walking, I'd seen him take a hill shot. Like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I saw him a couple hours later. I was on the Will Rogers announcing that. I'm like, oh, that's not by accident mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, he had two callbacks. Mm hmm. Uh, unfortunately something had gone wrong with one of, he's like fourth and fourth and first callback, something like that. And something happened at fourth. Otherwise this kid wins the truck. Yeah. Oh, he 100%. ends up winning the roping. Yeah. The average out of a thousand teams, him and, uh, Martin Martinez out of Buckeye, Arizona. That was mm-hmm. his header. They were twenty nine seventy eight on four, $14,000. Uh, second was, uh, Wagner, Oklahoma's Walker McMahon and Dwayne Noah, mm-hmm. who also could have won. had a chance, had a chance. Uh, but his first run in the in the uh, short round just kind of fell apart. He ends up second, mm-hmm. ten thousand dollars there. Shanice Kaufman mm-hmm. and Jose Angel Reyes out of Dallas, Texas, were thirty one fifty seven for seventy five hundred. Um, and then she had also placed in there deep. to I was going to say I think it was like, like tenth or yeah. something. Absolutely. So she bested the field. Uh, was It was very emotional. A mm-hmm. winner's high. Oh, yeah. You can't help it. It's one of those things where you're so happy you're crying. Mm-hmm. And you're literally just so happy. I mean, that's just joy.
2: Definitely. Pure joy. Oh yeah.
1: And awesome to see. So well deserved on her part.
2: Definitely. Yeah. No, I can't wait for everyone to hear her on this podcast um tomorrow on Sunday night. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. She had so many emotions and I, it was so great talking to her. I know I was getting chills just talking to her out there and you, I gotta pull, you know, the hashtag Rope Like a Girl. That's awesome. No, no, <laughs> for a girl to win a absolutely, ram truck. Absolutely. That's absolutely. cool.
1: That's um that's, that's the beauty of this sport, too. It's yeah. every Everybody's got a chance. As mm-hmm. long as you do your part, you've got a chance. Yeah. So, yeah, congratulations to her.
2: Definitely, definitely. And, uh, Farron, um before we kind of wrap up this episode, you know, day six, um, we're going to have a special guest. Cody Johnson is – Coming up after Farron and I are done chit-chatting, um, and yeah. this... We're the talk, opening act. We're the opening act, and I Kojo. don't think they... They're probably going to skip over all this, but <laughs> <laughs> Kojo is on this episode, and this episode's brought to you by Resist All, and Resist all is a lifelong partner of the U.S. Um, yeah. let's, you know, Let's kind of talk about Resistol real quick. Oh,
1: I tell you... Um, and I,
2: that Kojo guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Joseph, he goes... Uh, that guy, he shapes my hat, so mm-hmm. I went over there, I, I, I bought a hat, I had some... Bought me a resist All hat. I said, "Hey man, I'm gonna need me a different crease right here. You give me one." He said, "Yeah, it's not a Farron Lucero crease." Really. So <laughs> let me have it. So Joe goes ahead and gets it for me. Um, Ricky Boland, that guy, he's always just real kind, uh, real approachable man. Just to mm-hmm. sit and talk to. Loves sporting team roping. Dustin Noblet. Uh, got to see him this week. Got to shake his hand and mm-hmm. tell him thank you. But they really do live it every day. Yeah. And they have a big passion for what they do. They're very knowledgeable about their hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage anybody that uh, they see anybody working with Resistol, they go up and ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, what, what kind of vent do I need in my straw hat? You know, yeah. st- or what are these? You know, mm-hmm. don't ever be afraid not to to, to think that you do, you're supposed to know something and you don't because I learn something every day. And those guys are absolutely there because they care. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do live it every day and they're there to help you. Definitely. Um, so yeah, it's uh, always Team Resistol for sure.
2: Always Team Resistol. I know I love all my Resistol hats that I. I have and wear yeah. all the time. And Mary Jane, them. she's oh, yeah. oh,
1: she's so awesome. She's one of the best. Yeah, I got to see her earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and um, she's always been so kind to me, uh, and, and and uh, sincerely kind. So I always appreciate that. Definitely, yeah,
2: hundred percent. Awesome, Farron. Well, thank you for uh, sitting here and chit-chatting with me.
1: Absolutely. I hope a, they enjoy Kojo after yes, this. That you, guy, he is a fanatic about team roping.
2: Yes. Oh, my gosh. there! You guys are going to hear all about his <laughs> love for the sport and you know his musical career and everything on this podcast. I was so excited to interview him. <laughs> so That's Awesome. Great awesome. guy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Farron, and thank you guys, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Cody Johnson, brought to you by Resist All. Each day this week at the USTRC National Finals of Team Roping, we have talked to Resistal and Dorseys, and today I think we have maybe one of our most favorite interviews. (laughs) I don't know, I'm pretty excited about this. I am sitting down with Cody Johnson at the USTRC National Finals of Team Roping. I don't know if, I don't think I would ever dream that this would be happening right now, but Shoot, I'm really right. excited to be talking to you right now. <laughs> Me too.
0: Me too. This is I'm awesome. happy to be at the point in my life where I can actually get interviewed with something to do with team roping. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, n-
2: not just your music career, your roping career right yeah, here. Yeah. Man, you, I mean, how long have you been team roping? Have you been team roping your whole life? Or? I've been,
0: no, I've been off and on for about five years, but the okay. last five years of my life has been so hectic. It's been so crazy. I really mm-hmm. haven't had time to devote to the sport uh-huh. um, so when COVID-19 happened and you know the country shut down and mm-hmm. they canceled all the shows because apparently I'm not essential um, <laughs> I spent first I'd, I really spent more time with my wife and kids than uh-huh. I'd ever spent before just I mean we renewed our marriage vows mm-hmm. like I just I wanted to be I wanted to know what it felt like to be at home
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then after a while like a guy like me has to have an outlet you have to have some get the physical stress get the mental stress mm-hmm. out and So I just started roping. I I, I was hooked up with my friend Colby Lovell, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody listening to this podcast knows who Colby is. And it was really cool because when we're in the arena together, I'm not Cody Johnson and Mm -hmm. he's not the world Mm champ. It's just a couple of boys just beating each other up, Mm -hmm. trying to see who can outdo the other. And, uh, in doing so, it's really, really made me focus. I mean, I'm I've, mm-hmm. in the last three months, I've bought two horses, so mm-hmm. uh, we're in it to yep. win it. But I've been able to shake off music, shake off the stress of you know life, and mm-hmm. just kind of really focus on something I love competing. Uh-huh. And uh, having a guy like Colby that's so positive, and he's just he's such a he's such a pusher. He pushes you to do more. I don't know I just found my stride and Mm -hmm. I mean I have had a blast it's we're hooked now
2: that's awesome that's awesome and you know I want to talk about it too you say you know being on the road and all that's so stressful but people that rope all the time roping can be very stressful has it been stressful for you how do you kind of how do you balance all that
0: um Roping is stressful. Whenever I think about it as my job, because mm-hmm. I think as a header, you feel like the whole thing's on your shoulders. Yep. Um, but I have to block that out, and I've really—I think I've learned more from roping than anything else. Because when I walk on stage, I and mean, I don't mean this to come across wrong, but mm-hmm. I can walk out in front of eighty-five thousand people to play. Mm-hmm. No big deal. I've been doing yeah. that since I was six years old. I know my craft. Just how Colby Lovell can rope bareback, left-handed, mm-hmm. and heal two legs because he's been doing this whole life. But for me, it's become frustrating at the same time as. I feel like whenever i do get frustrated it's like that moment where i have to switch the mechanism and go no mm-hmm. i'm not going to be controlled by the anxiety i'm not going to let myself get to remember we're doing this to have fun and represent the brands that i am fortunate enough to have you mm-hmm. know um I, you know i, I take pride and every time i back in the box i've got resistol and wrangler and cactus ropes and mm-hmm. you know i mean I, those people are looking at me so I, I'm, I'm trying to elevate the brand and i think that. That helps me shake off the anxiety and the frustration Mm because some days you go rope everything and some days you look like you've never roped in your life. (laughs) And and I had one of those days yesterday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Dang it. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, this sport is not for the faint of heart. No. It's it's very challenging. Yes, it is. What is it? My my old roping trainer used to tell me it's two fools trying to get lucky on the same day. That's exactly right.
0: I always think about it as five brains that all have to be thinking the same thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. there's so much that factors into it. Mm Um, Man, you know, how do you, when do you find time, like, to, you know, obviously you're playing, you're singing, you're, you know, working on songs, and then you're working on your roping. What do you, what's your schedule look like, I guess?
0: Well, for the last couple of months, I've had a lot of off time. I mean, uh-huh. I've been roping five days a week for okay. the last, like, two or three months now. And uh, in May we're gonna pick back up. We've got eleven shows mm-hmm. and it's all through the southeast, which is really great. I mean as a matter of fact, I leave tonight at three AM mm-hmm. to go play a show in Lubbock. Oh wow. And things are starting to pick back up. But mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever gonna go back to the schedule the, that I had of the breakneck, just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point you'd play three shows in Texas, ride the bus to wherever, get on the plane and go to New York to do media, and then mm-hmm. fly back in to play the shows and then fly to LA and it was just <clears throat> it got to where it was so much you know I, once I slowed down I figured out how fast we were going and I you know I need like I said I need that time to just go rope and be myself mm-hmm. you know not that I'm not myself on stage but I mean we all kind of know I, that's it's a job to me I gotta yeah. put it on and make sure that I do my best and perform for the people mm-hmm. so it's nice to just actually just be humbled by the yep. rope and sport um, I'll have time I'll have more time throughout the end of the year we've got a documentary coming out <clears throat> called Dear rodeo okay and uh, it's kind of story of my life from young age to now and Uh, we've got a brand new album coming out it's a double album it's got two sides there's 18 tracks on it oh man Uh, i'm finally going into the studio in like july or august and we're going to record a christmas record which i am super excited about
2: that's exciting yeah so so i mean there's a lot
0: going on i just i think you have to adapt and whenever Mm -hmm. the world changed i thought well all we did was tour 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 Mm -hmm. well let's just go record you know so now we've got products ready to come out and you know, I, I'm all about not playing as many shows. Yeah. <laughs> for those <laughs> of you out there listening, down. they're mad about that. It's not that I don't love playing, but man, I've enjoyed the time off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I feel like you know, it's so crazy to look at you guys in your industry, in the music yeah. industry, and how much you guys do go and how much you are putting out there for your fans, and it's mind-boggling. Well, like, and it's
0: different for us too. Like in my camp, every every night before we go on stage, I tell mm-hmm. my guys don't leave anything behind like Mm -hmm. just make just play it like it's your last show because you never know Mm -hmm. it could be your last show yeah and we never airmail it in it's always 100 percent when you see me on stage like and you see the sweat and Mm -hmm. even if you see me breaking the tears over stuff that's real Uh you know and I'm it that's draining it's draining on a person and uh I do miss it I have Mm -hmm. missed very much like when we had our off time Mm -hmm. I mean there was nights I'd stare at pictures of you know 12,000 people in a crowd and just think God, I miss it. I miss yeah. them. I want to be there. But everything happens for a reason, and God's a lot smarter than I am. So I'm just <laughs> going to keep riding this. Definitely.
2: And, it, you know, you say you miss it. You miss you miss your fans and the crowd. What was it like, I guess, looking back, maybe your very first show, what was it like walking up on stage? Do you remember, like, that feeling?
0: Well, I, there's a reason I don't give uh, kids in the industry advice. is mm-hmm. because I skipped my first college final to go play my first gig. And I just said, college is not for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I just feel like I got a calling. And I went and played for 100 bucks, And it was an acoustic night at some bar. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I felt like I was on top of the world. And then you fast forward to Houston Rodeo coming Mm -hmm. in the first time. I mean, my legs were shaking like I was back bull riding. (laughs) And then, you know, a little further down the line, we played in Gillette Stadium for uh, 85,000 people with George Strait. Mm Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like it was a big deal. It just, you know, I've, I've looked back and seen the progression of the desensitizing of, man. It just kind of is what I do, mm-hmm. you know. And but that feeling that you get, just I can't describe it. Yeah. It, there's not a there's not a drug on the planet I'm sure of it that that comes close to it. Mm-hmm. It's just, did when you give when you give yourself to those people, and then they give back to you, that energy is just something you can't replace. I mean, that's why most of the nights when I walk back in the bus, I'm drenched with sweat uh-huh. and I'm panting, you know. Yeah. yeah but. I love it there's nothing I'd change about it
2: (laughs) that's awesome and I know you say obviously you started in the music industry at a young age um let's talk about like your your roping background your rodeo background what you know when did you kind of get into that that industry
0: so my my sophomore year of high school I wanted to start riding bulls Mm -hmm. and I I rode through high school rode a little bit out of high school and I was good enough to win a buckle or two Mm -hmm. you know I'd I was good enough, but I wasn't, that's not where my talent was. And I didn't have any physical direction back then. Like now, I mean, I do a workout three or four times a week, Doug Mm -hmm. champion with champion fitness as my trainer. And I do yoga and all kinds. I mean, like if I would have had that kind of drive, then Mm -hmm. I probably could have been more successful, but I was also young and stupid too. I I thought I was I thought I was Clint Eastwood when I was eighteen, and uh, my wife says sometimes I still do. Uh, But so when it fizzled out, you know I focused so hard on music, but I knew that I had one. I just had to be connected to rodeo. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would rope with my friends and no direction, no really nobody telling me you ought to do this, you ought to Mm -hmm. change this. It was just roping for fun, and uh, cutting horses became a passion. I rode cutting horses for a little while, and I love it. I Mm -hmm. just I enjoy roping more. Yeah. and it's always just kind of been like a, it's always been in the background. And I've always felt that calling of like, it should be in the forefront. Mm-hmm. So, well, like I said, when we've had this time off, my wife and I just bought a ranch in Madisonville with, you know, arena and stalls. And okay. Just kind of making a life change because mm-hmm. my, my little girls are six and four.
2: Okay. And
0: it's my responsibility to introduce them to this. Yeah. You know, I'm a first generation rodeo cowboy in my family. There's no cowboys in my family. Mm-hmm. So... I want to make that change in the cycle that Mm -hmm. way you know and and they they say about hunting they say with little girls you hunt with your daughter so you don't have to hunt for your daughter (laughs) Uh, I figure as long as they're in the arena with me and mama I mean you know there's a lot to be learned Mm -hmm. on that dirt there really is definitely
2: yeah and you know like you said uh you guys bought a ranch in Madisonville Mm -hmm. that's Colby Lovell and his Mm -hmm. family they live there um and you grew up with him a lot Mm -hmm. what is something like is there something that Colby's said to you that's kind of always stuck with you or any advice he gives you with your roping or
0: well I mean obviously there's a lot of advice with the yeah. rope and, and he, he he's really good we're wired the same way we're both mm-hmm. like 90 all the time mm-hmm. and so it's fun because I'll get to rib at him and he gets to rib at me but uh, one thing that he told me was something nobody's ever told me he said stop showing signs of weakness mm-hmm. don't bite your fingernails don't chew your lip don't be with your rope yep. just no signs of weakness and when you miss pick your stick your chest out and act like you're the baddest son gun there just <laughs> no signs of weakness and it, so it it kind of stuck with me in the rope and pin but then i've noticed like in other aspects of my life i'm mm-hmm. like no we're not going to show signs of weakness we're always going to be on top mm-hmm. you know it's arrogant to think i'm the best guy here yep. but when you're back in the box go ahead and have that attitude you know sh- give that confidence and don't show signs of weakness and when you fail fell gracefully mm-hmm. and it's you know i i understand and i'm aware of the fact that there's younger kids out here that are watching me so sometimes when i want to get pissed off or if i really get frustrated i remind myself hey these kids are watching you mm-hmm. and so I, I think that was something he opened my eyes to a little bit more
2: yeah it's a, you know setting an example in yeah. in and out of the arena
0: now after they're open don't be coming looking at me for an example <laughs> <laughs> fair warning for fair you warning. see me out there <laughs>
2: <laughs> Love it! Oh my goodness, <laughs> um man! And you're heading. um Let's talk about the these head horses you got. What what's kind of in your string?
0: So, the first horse is the, the Sorrel I ride most of the time, and it's it's funny because it's Colby's daughter's horse. Okay. And uh, she made him shake hands and said, "Daddy, don't sell my horse." But <laughs> oh, she's not. Man. She's she's a great hand. She's probably a better cowboy than I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she's probably not going to be ready for this horse for the next year or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Colby's obviously got his string and mm-hmm. I got the opportunity to ride him for a year. Yeah. Took insurance out of him and just kind of I'm just keeping him up. That's and I'm awesome. learning a lot from him because he's so automatic. Huh. But at the same time, if I ride him like a baby, he he will be a baby. Yeah. Colby can get on him and be three flat. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I don't ride, he won't go. He's gonna do exactly what you ask. So it really pushes me to, if I do my part mm-hmm. and I and I do my, I ride well, I score well, I get to the cow well and rope, then he's going to do, no matter how fast I want to go, I know he can.
2: yeah
0: um, At the same time, I'm, I've been riding a lot of Colby's backup horses that are, I mean, they're a lot of horse mm-hmm. and I'm having to step my game up. Then I'm getting on my some of my friend's horses that are not quite as much horse mm-hmm. and I'm having to really rope the same. Um, I just bought a horse, a big gray horse from Greg Zwerniman. Uh, he's 15 years old. He's a great horse, but he's kind of set in his ways uh-huh. you know, he's, and I've had to learn to rope around that. Yeah. And it, I just love getting on different horses. I love getting on the gray. He's so tall and his stride is so long. And then mm-hmm. you go on the sorrel and he's short strided, but he's fast. Mm-hmm. But getting to adapt and making sure that my swing's in the same spot every time, I just feel like it's, I love switching, you know. Maybe, yeah. maybe not at ropings. You know, I kind of bring one horse and want to, mm-hmm. I have a backup, but I kind of yeah. want to get in my groove. But at home, I'll run five steers, switch, run five steers, switch. You know, just, just work on me. Mhm.
2: Definitely. And I think, you know, I think that definitely helps. Ropers of all kinds, you know, right. all different number of ropers to get on different horses because right. you can get so comfortable on, you know, the short strided horse, you get on a long strided horse, and your swing's your off, your timing off. is completely off. Like, no, that's awesome that you can do that and you want to work on, on that change.
0: Right. That's, that's well, awesome. my goal is just to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going for a gold buckle. I'm also mm-hmm. not going to say never, you know, because you never know what God's going to put in your path. Yeah. So my thing is work hard, work as if you're trying to go get a gold buckle, mm-hmm. and then still remind yourself for like guys like me, you're doing it for fun. <laughs> Don't get too frustrated. Yep. Don't work yourself up. It's just for fun. Mm-hmm. You
2: know? so. Yeah. This isn't your day job. This yeah, is the You know the fun right. thing we get to do on the weekends <laughs> <laughs> or
0: my show in Lubbock tomorrow night. It's going to be a day off compared to these marathons <laughs> we've been doing.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, uh, man, yeah. I mean, you're here today at a roping you're going to go do a show tomorrow what going going from a roping to a show how does I guess I, I don't I don't, know. I don't even just, know what I want to ask mindsets. right there but that's just yeah it's completely
0: it's two different mindsets but you know my, my goal when I came from Texas to the kind of the mainstream mm-hmm. Was to be the guy from Texas that didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't change my sound. I don't want to change my looks. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I mm-hmm. just. <clears throat> my wife's gonna die when she hears me say this. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I just don't yeah. like being told what to do. And I wanted to be myself. So we kind of. I feel like we've kind of conquered that to mm-hmm. where we're we are we are getting the Nashville recognition. We are getting the mainstream play, uh, but we're not a quote unquote Texas act. Okay. But we're still able to be ourselves. So we kind of we're kind of like. In a league of our own in mm-hmm. that in that pond, and and you know I, I thought about it even further. I'm like, I want to be the guy that, you know, I'm not trying to up one up George Strait or anything, mm-hmm. but it's like I want to I want to go compete. I want people to see me be as human as possible and win and lose mm-hmm. and compete and come after you. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I think whenever you see me in that element, or if you know that I'm actually really the guy, and you see me on stage for people that don't even really know me that well, they're going. I think there's just an there's an authenticity that comes with it, and you know. I, that's what my goal is i want people to look at me and know exactly what they're getting mm-hmm.
2: definitely definitely and uh you know i i want to jump into this part of it um we got to talk about it this podcast is brought to you by our friends at resist all mm-hmm. and you let's talk about your partnership <coughs> with Resist. let's talk about your partnership with resist all right there
0: okay uh Ricky Boland was the first person to really, you know, push me as far mm-hmm. as I was wearing a different brand hat. And, you know, of course, he was <laughs> teasing me about it. Oh, yeah. Dustin Noblet, who's become one of my greatest friends over the years, they mm-hmm. kept pushing me to, to be a part of the brand. Well, I tried some hats and honestly, the, you know, I love the product, obviously, mm-hmm. but the culture of the company is what kind of sold me. Okay. The way it was run, those men and those two men have been very, very influential on in me as far as how I carry myself, my business, and, mm-hmm. the, you know, they're just good influences. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be around that. I wanted to. I, I feel like you're 100% a product of who you keep around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't get any better than Dustin Noblet and Ricky Bolin. Yeah. Uh, and everybody else at the company, for that matter. Uh, and we've been, we've been with them a long time. They were uh, gracious enough to let me sit down and design all these hats. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, every piece of it, from the sweatband, you know, what kind of weave it's going to be. Um, and it, I just found out a couple of days ago. That's the number one selling straw at Resistol. That's I mean, awesome. I thought that was the coolest. I was like, well, George Strait's obviously first. And they were mm-hmm. like, no, you, you're up. I'm going, what? You're you like, if, if yeah.
2: I beat out you George Strait. You right could right there? not
0: have told me at eight years old that that was ever going to happen. You yeah, know what I mean, it just God's been so good, and I. I don't know i'm very fortunate resistol is probably the best company that in the market as far as the people i mean mm-hmm. that's all I, I can't talk enough about how great those people are mm-hmm. and they've been great to me giving me a lot of opportunities
2: definitely yeah i know i love the everyone at resistol i know i uh you know we work very closely with them and especially mary jane carpenter yeah. she's she's number one i love that lady yes, and you know good. joe over here at the resistol booth they're everyone's so great there and they're like family and you know they're their slogans we live it every day when we get through with
0: this interview i'm gonna go out there and out shape joe oh joe joe at the resist all booth just everybody y'all feel when y'all are listening to this just know that i can shape a hat better and when he hears this that's fine
2: let's have a let's have a hat shaping competition after this i'm in i used to do it for a living (laughs) i love it we're gonna do this man that's exciting man and you know let's talk about your hats um you know what? What hats do you have? What line do you have with yourself? So style? it's just the
0: Cody Johnson line. You obviously, you go click on it uh, mm-hmm. on their website. It'll take you to it. I, I just kind of wanted a smorgasbord of different styles. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be married to one thing. Mm-hmm. The the top, the crown in them is uh that's actually a mold of one of my hats that i had when i came to the company i hand shaped it okay and so they molded it actually destroyed my hat when they did it uh, <laughs> but everyone comes with this top it's kind of it's not really a square top it's mm-hmm. not really traditional it's just something i kind of came up with it almost looks like an, it's just kind of an old rough stock look mm-hmm. uh, but it seems to fit and i've got guys that are not rough stock that wear them and i see them and i'm like man, it's actually decent you know the top yeah. doesn't distract mm-hmm. but it's just got my own little flair to it Yeah. You know, I think it's cool like I'll see him at Ropens or I'll see him at shows and I'm like that's pretty cool.
2: That's cool you can just look out and see him and be like yep. yeah that's that's my yep. hat. Yeah that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome and I know I was talking to Joe and uh, Ricky um, let's talk about what is this cologne line you got going new new business venture. Yeah
0: so Ricky and I partnered with our friend Woody Lee on a company it was a cologne company that had gone out of business mm-hmm. um, long story short we bought the company and The the way they sold me on it was they brought me out a bottle that it was unlabeled. It didn't Uh have anything on it. And so I I sprayed the cologne on, went to the meet and greet that night. And the first lady that came in, she goes, gosh, you smell great. You know, I just, you don't hear that in interviews. I mean, at meet and greets, I'm like, that's just random. Then the next guy. Comes up and he goes, Hey man, what kind of cologne are you wearing? That smells good. And I thought, You know what? I'm sold. Yeah. I put it on for the first time and it was just a good product. My wife loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too masculine. You know, it's not, it's kind of got almost like we're fixing to talk about it doing a, a women's line, mm-hmm. uh, doing a women's fragrance, but it's sold really great. People have been very supportive. Anybody that's bought it, thank you so much. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we're not just killing it over the deal. We're not just getting rich and fat and happy over uh-huh. the deal. But the business is being successful. And that's just, I mean, that's very encouraging. Anytime mm-hmm. you start a small business, it's really encouraging to see it start to take. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to grow it as big as we can or sell it or yep. I don't know. Uh, but I am I think it's a really cool opportunity. Some, again, you couldn't have told me as a kid that would ever happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I really I'm, am enjoying this, you know, you... You're not just selling people a product because it's your name on it. Like, you actually truly believe in these products. You believe in the Resistile house. Right. You believe in this Cologne line. Um, that's cool because, you know, we can sit there and watch TV, you know, all these ads. And we're like, okay, do these people actually use these products, like these products? And, like, yes, we're hearing it here. Like, Cody Johnson, you love well, these dude, I'm just
0: all about gear, especially yeah. with hunting gear, too. Like, mm-hmm. i put it through hell and see if it lasts. And whatever lasts, that's what I use. Like, mm-hmm. when we approach Wrangler gosh eight nine ten years ago mm-hmm. it was hey he's gonna be wearing wrangler anyway mm-hmm. you know you may as well yeah and it just that's the way i believe in products you know i mean i feel like if you can put them to the test and they hold up bet the farm on it mm-hmm. you know you may as well
2: yeah definitely definitely and uh, i guess what's next obviously you're going to your show tomorrow um what what does what's your year looking like for 2021
0: may is going to be pretty thick uh Mm -hmm. with shows june's a little bit lighter uh we've got some shows in july all the shows for the rest of the year are booked and you know i've got plenty of time to rope i've already Mm -hmm. qualified for vegas uh, perfect at the finals, so i'm I'm planning on roping the rest of the year out Mm -hmm. you know i mean i've already found my stride i'm just i'm one once i catch into something i can't really (laughs) let go of it
2: yeah (laughs) definitely and uh, you know, and um, we got to talk about, too, you you talked about your upcoming album. Mm-hmm. Um, is, can we get a sneak peek? What songs are going to be on it? Is there a favorite? Can you, what can we? I can tell
0: you next month uh, <laughs> the first song to come out off the record, we're going to release them individually. Okay. Because there's 18 uh-huh. songs, side A and side B. Uh, the first song next month will be a duet with Willie Nelson. Oh, man. And then uh, we're gonna release a couple songs a month after that till about October, and then the rest of it'll come out.
2: Oh, I'm gonna be downloading on my <laughs> Apple Music. I'm so excited! I'm so excited for this. Me too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cody, for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it.
0: You bet. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.